Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, We're reading from Luke 18 verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth, on the earth? That is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Joel. Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening to those defiant few. <laughs> no, that's all right. My name's Nick. Uh, it is a joy to be with you. Um, just let me figure this out. Whoa. Oh, wow. Don't ignore that. It's not impressive. It's just, just a tablet. What are things but things? Let me tell you a story. A uh, couple weeks ago, um, uh, I was busy at my desk on my computer doing something, and that was kind of urgent. I had to get it done. And my son, Josh, came up to me and said, Dad, can we play cricket? Now, he's been getting into cricket. The extent of my involvement in cricket is about this much. Um, but I love that Josh is getting into cricket. I love that I get to play cricket with my son. And it's, it's not so much cricket as it is um, a ball and a bat and just, just hitting it. Um, but you get the idea. He wants to play cricket. I want to play cricket with him, but I've got this thing i got to do. So I said to Josh, just a second, let me finish this, then we can play cricket. And uh, right after that, I get a phone call. It's fairly urgent, so I answer the phone. I talk to this other person, and while I'm on the phone, Josh comes to me and says, Dad, it's been a second. Can we play cricket? I said, no, no, just, just a minute, Josh. And so I, I, I finish the phone call. I've got to quickly do something um, before I forget, and Josh keeps coming back to me. Dad, can we play cricket? Can we play cricket already? I said, just, just one second, Josh. Oh, I'm almost there. And then... Uh, he just goes, Dad, come on, come on, come on. I want to play cricket. And eventually I'm like, look, just give it a little bit. I really want to play cricket with you too. I just need to finish this. Then I'll, we'll go play cricket. I finished that task. We went out, played cricket, had a blast. But Josh kept on asking. He wouldn't, he wouldn't let me off the hook. He wouldn't let me go. He didn't give up. He kept on asking. Because he trusted that I wanted to play cricket with him. He trusted that I would play cricket with him. What would be a real tragedy and actually really sad is that if he stopped asking, that if he gave up, that he lost heart, that he decided that actually, no, dad doesn't want to play cricket with me. 
that is that would be a whole like a terrible thing that he would think that. Yeah, as Christians, kind of the scenario that Jesus is painting, how often do we lose heart? We give up praying for things as we pray to God our Father. That's what this passage is all about. In um, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus gives the point of the parable. It's always helpful when Jesus does that because it doesn't leave us guessing. Verse 1, it says, Jesus told this parable about uh, persisting in prayer and not giving up. That we should always pray and not give up. So how do we keep on praying? And we're not get, when we're not getting an answer, when things don't look like they're changing, when it sounds like the heavens are silent, how do we keep on praying? praying? How do we not lose heart? Jesus tells this really simple parable that um, uh, really has, I would say, three, ca- three um, characters. And we'll talk about them in order, in this order. The widow, the judge, and the Christian. The widow, the judge, and the Christian. Exploring the question, how do we pray and not lose heart? So let's think about the widow. You've, you've heard the reading already, there's this widow. In that day and age, the widow is someone who probably had the lowest amount of um, civil rights in society, both female, but then also unmarried. There's very little that she could do or very few rights that she would have in society. And she's been, uh, she's been wronged or um, robbed or something. We don't really know what has happened to this widow, but for whatever reason, she's seeking justice. Like maybe she's been robbed, maybe she's been scammed, maybe something that she deserved and has a right to hasn't been given to her. But for whatever reason, she needs to find justice for this wrong in her life. That She needs that. And so she goes to the law courts, uh, to a judge, for the judge to step in and intervene and to, um, to bring justice into the situation. And we'll talk about the judge soon, but for whatever reason, the judge doesn't give justice. He just won't budge. He just won't give her what she deserves, what is her right, what, what um, she's coming and asking for. Now, in those kind of situations, when, you're, when there's a judge and it's not, he's not judging or deciding in your favor, there's really three options you've got, or four. You could give up, but she doesn't do that. You could bribe the judge, but the, this widow doesn't have any money. You could coerce the judge if you've got some sort of power that you could use or even blackmail or something like that. But this widow has no power. Or you could persistently pester the judge. Keep on asking and not giving up until finally that judge gives in. And that is what the widow does. She's got no other option. She's got no other option. The only option she has is to keep on asking, keep on pursuing this judge, keep on persisting and pestering and bothering this judge until the judge gives her justice. And I wonder how, how often we find ourselves in scenarios where the only option we have is to pray, that we have no other means, no other power for the, this issue or this injustice or this problem or this personal battle in front of us, and we just feel helpless and hopeless. The only thing we can do is pray. 
the only thing. And I wonder how often we we actually have um, a scenario where we have less power than we actually think. And we need to pray more than we actually do. I wonder how often we find ourselves in that scenario. But this, this widow persists, won't give up, keeps on asking until she finally gets the justice she's after. Let's talk about the judge. This judge kind of sounds like a jerk, right? <laughs> He's not a nice guy. It, it, it says twice. It's like Jesus is really highlighting he doesn't fear God and he doesn't care about people. Uh, this judge um, finally gives in, finally gives in to this widow, not because she convinces him, not because she uh, bribed him or coerced him in any way, but simply because that she would stop bothering him. She kept on pestering and finally, and kind of somewhat selfishly says, all right, I'll give in only so that you stop bothering me and you, you won't cause me any harm. Now, this, this judge were to read this, and he's kind of compared to God in this story, and it, it feels weird comparing our good God with this evil judge, this selfish judge, but the reason Jesus does this is to give a contrast. If this unjust judge would respond to persistence, would not our good God do that? Verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? This judge, this unjust judge doesn't fear God. But our God is God, the creator of the whole world. The unjust just judge doesn't love people. But our God, God loves us. So much. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. This unjust judge refuses to give justice, but our God promises he will give justice and bring justice on this world. Isaiah 42 says, A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. The unjust judge, judge doesn't understand the plight of the widow. He's, he's got power. He's got privilege. He's got wealth. This widow has nothing. He doesn't understand the situation she is. Our God understands what we're going through. He knows what we are thinking, what we are feeling. Hebrews uh, 4 says, we, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. The unjust judge had limited power. There was only so much he could do. Our God has unlimited power. Jesus said, uh, with people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. This unjust judge lacked patience, lacked compassion, but our God 
is eternally patient, has compassion beyond what we deserve or could even imagine. Exodus 34 says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. The unjust judge refused to punish the wicked that had, had wronged this widow. Our God promises to punish evil in this world. To finish that quote from Exodus 34, he punishes the children and the children for their sin to the third and fourth generation. God does deal with sin. Now, if this unjust judge brought the widow justice, she persisted and eventually he, he gave in, would not our God who is kind, who is loving, who is considerate and compassionate and gracious and powerful, give us what we ask for. Our God who loves us, who knows us, who desires the best for us, wouldn't he give us justice if we would just keep on persisting, just keep on praying, just keep on asking? This brings us to the Christian. Jesus says how... Uh, and will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Now, it's easy to get this point wrong in this parable. Because you could read this and think, oh, all I need to do is pray more and pray better. When we don't get the answer we want, we, we spend some time praying and we don't see an answer. We don't see any change and we give up. Are we not? praying enough, we're not saying the right things, or we lose heart, or we think to ourselves, if I only pray in a certain way, if I only say the right words in the right order, that then God will hear me. Or if I only pray and I put my hands up a certain height, and then if I get that right, then God would hear me. Or if I pray on my knees, or if I make it a really big show, or if I pray with lots of words, or if I pray with few words. Do we keep on persisting and, and keep trying different things like a child trying to get our parents' attention? But it's, the point of this parable is it's not about the persistence of the widow per se, but the character of God. It's not the quality or quantity of prayer that determines the outcome, but the character of God that we pray to. It's not the quality or quantity of prayer, but the character of God that determines an outcome, the outcome. Because if it were up to us to get that right, to pray in the right way, to do the right thing, to say the right thing, we would mess it up again and again and again. We have no hope of getting it right with God. Because we keep sinning. We keep turning around. We keep putting our desires first. We keep ignoring God or using God or lying to God. But we don't approach God through ourselves. We approach through the person and the work that Jesus did and is. Jesus is the one who makes a way for, for us. Jesus is the one who intercedes for us. Jesus is the one who brings justice once and for all for us. 
It's not the quality or the quantity of prayer that determines the outcome, but the character of God. We can think about this with healing, right? Some of us may have have experienced this or or not or know people who are unwell and uh, we pray for healing in faith that God would heal, but we, we don't see that outcome. And unfortunately, throughout history, Christians have been very unhelpful in implying that the reason that people are not seeing healing is because they're not praying enough or they don't have enough faith or they're not saying the right thing. And that's just not true. It's not the quality or the quantity of prayer that determines the outcome, but the character of God. And and God's purpose is that He would be glorified. And God would be glorified through a miraculous healing. And we've seen that. We've witnessed that through history and even within our, our own community. But God is also glorified when His people will persistently pursue Him, even through incredible hardship and suffering. God is glorified through that. That God would be glorified. And so we keep praying. We keep on persisting, not to improve the quality and quantity of our prayer, but because we know that God is the great healer. That God will save us. And and if we feel like we're hitting a wall, that prayer doesn't come naturally, we don't feel like it, it's hard, we feel like God's God's not listening, or we can't see an answer or an outcome, it's not because God is distant and distracted. And we just need to get his attention. In fact, I reckon it's the other way around. God is not distant and distracted. We are the ones that are distant and distracted. God doesn't need our, sorry, we, we're not asking God for his attention. God is after our attention. In this scenario, God is the faithful, persistent parent trying to get our attention, showing us what he has to offer is so much better than the insignificant things we're constantly distracted by. We persist, not because we haven't got God's attention, but because he has captured ours. We know who he is. We know what he could do for us. So we keep on asking. So everyone here, has God got our attention. This last verse is quite challenging. When, the, when he, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When Jesus returns, will we notice? Will we be ready? Will we, will we be looking in his direction? Or will we be looking at other things, focused on other things? Does God have our attention? To return to the story about Josh asking his dad to play cricket, I think we should all be more like Josh. Keep on asking. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Because we know that God wants to spend time with us. We know that God desires our attention. He desires our affection. 
And we ask God for justice because God is a God who will bring justice. We ask God for healing because we know he is the great healer. We ask God for forgiveness because we know that he forgives. We ask God for freedom because we know that is what he's promised those who put their trust in him. We keep on praying and we do not lose heart because God is God. He is the good awesome, kind, generous, amazing, forgiving, loving God. He loves us and he loves you. And this is why, as a church, we are calling the whole church to pray and fast. We're not doing it because fasting is the cool thing to do as a Christian. We're doing it because we want to give our attention to God. And the great thing about fasting is that it disrupts our comfort, right? Even... um. Even just uh, this weekend, uh, my my family were down at our, our family farm holidaying with my parents and some friends, and um, we've we've been fasting for a little bit longer, and we were kind of complaining like, oh, why are we having why are we doing this fast when we're there's all this great food around, and wouldn't it be better if we just put it off another week? But that's the whole point, right? It's not meant to be easy and convenient. It's meant to be uncomfortable. It's meant to be uncomfortable, to disrupt our comfort, to take our attention off those things that we're constantly giving our attention to and giving our attention to God, our Father in heaven. And so we're calling the church to fast and to pray, and there's great ideas of what that could look like for you in the booklet. We've got daily prayer meetings at 6.30 a.m. That might be an uncomfortable time for some here. Um. (laughs) <laughs> go for it, come on, uh, on over Zoom, so you don't need to travel, it's all right, uh, 6.30 a.m., also at 8 p.m., that's much more achievable, I think, um, there's the dwelling place, we approach God, and for an evening, give God our full attention, and worship, and this morning, I, um, I spoke to the, the morning service, and I kind of gave, gave the morning service a specific thing to pray into, to pray about. In the morning, we are kind of at capacity. It feels like we're at capacity now as well because almost every seat's taken up. But we put all the seats out and all of them are taken pretty much in the morning. So we're in this crossroad of what, what's next for us. And that's why I, pray, that's why I asked Olgate to pray for is what is next for us? What's next as a whole community, as we're fasting and praying, let's approach God and ask, what is next? What's next for us? And I was talking to Luke just before, like, what is, what is the PM community? What do we need to pray for? What do we need to approach God for? And uh, there, there's room to grow at night, and that's a great thing. We have been growing. We've had to throw more seats out this afternoon. It's excellent. But who are, who's going to fill these seats? How is God going to build his church? It's the same question, but just thinking about it a different way. What is next for us? We kind of come from a season of, of um, uh, like, who, who is the pastor of PM? Is it Luke or is it Nick? We're not really sure. It's Luke now, just, just so you know. Um, we've, come out, well, we've come to a time of, of stability, of a great staff team. We've changed time. Let's pray, what's next? What's next for us, Lord? Let's pray that this week.
And to finish up, I'd like to invite Claire up to share about the intercessory prayer team. Now, this is a group that's been meeting for 24 years, um, or almost 24 years, almost every Monday, that prays for you, generally, and very specifically for many, and is probably one of the strongest parts of our church. So I'm going to hand over to Claire to tell us all about that. Um, if we're talking about persistence, um, yeah, to meet um, regularly, uh, just about every... M- oh, my paper's going to fly everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. We're meeting every every Monday. Um, it's a big commitment and it's, um, it's an absolute joy and a privilege to do, actually. Um, so, yeah, we, um, the, the group started on a Monday night about in about year 2000. Um, but I, did, I took a couple of years to join and the reason why I joined was because um, my mum uh, got, ca- got cancer and um, that was a real shock for our family because my mum is always, she's a very fit and healthy person, never had a, a day's illness in her life. So, and my mum is also somebody who um, is not a believer, was not a believer and quite um, aggressively not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you got somebody in the family like that too? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I joined because I wanted to pray. I wanted to pray um, and I was concerned for her her, her soul. Um, and so, um, yeah, I've joined the, joined the prayer group for that reason. And um, one, one meeting, um, uh, Jenny Moyle, who's sitting over there, <laughs> um, just really felt to pray this really bold prayer and very, very specific she was. She said, Lord, would you please send to Irene uh, somebody uh, to come and witness to her and lead her to Jesus? Kind of along those lines. And, um, and when I heard that, I just went, sure, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> and, um, you know, in my mind, I didn't say it out loud. Um, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but the Lord hears what's in our mind, doesn't He? So, <laughs> um, well, at my mother's funeral, um, I met a couple that were her neighbours, and um, and they told me that um, while my uh, stepfather Alan was you know going out doing errands and leaving her uh, on her own, they came and just sat with her, um, and while they were sitting with her while he was off doing his errands, um, they witnessed to her and they led her to Jesus. And I found that out. Yeah, I wouldn't ever. <laughs> it was really amazing. So, um, and you know, that God, um, if you have not got the faith to ask for things, um, the lovely thing about being in the body of Christ um, is that He gives some. He gives faith to other people. So we really, really need to stand with each other when we're praying because, you know, when you're in the middle of it, um, it it's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, it, it's difficult um, for us. So I have another difficulty too, which has really been life-changing for me recently. Um, I met my husband in church as a 20-year-old um, in the youth group and uh, got married and all the rest. Um, but then down the track, he, he lost his faith. So for 25 years, I was going to church on my own and I was not at all happy about that and uh, very, very angry, very disappointed and cranky at, at God 
for that situation. And, you know, coming along to the prayer group, um, I didn't want to pray for him because <laughs> I was really mad. Um, but other people did um, and they prayed for his salvation. Um, and, uh, and just, uh, you know, early in the battle in the middle of last, of last year, um, he returned to faith. I know. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> So I just wanted to say, you know, you can be yourself too. You, you know, um, I know that God understood exactly um, how I was feeling, and I kind of, and I'm very good at letting Him know how I feel. And I think that is that is something that is very, very good and healthy for us to do as Christians because we can't hide it anyway. So um, what I found is being lovely about the prayer group is we can be ourselves with each other in front of God and with each other. And that kind of beautiful um, gift, you know, um, we want to we want to nurture that. We want to grow that. So, um, you know, I would encourage you to, to, um, to pray with each other. Um, if you're in a small group, you know, be that people who really back one another up in prayer. Um, I just also loved, you know, hearing that reading again and seeing it up on the screen. Um, the beautiful thing about prayer is it actually changes us. Um, and I just like the example of the persistent widow because didn't you notice her confidence? You know, um, she's got no, um, you know, the power imbalance is really, you know, as, as Nick pointed out. But did you hear that word, um, he was attack? Did you see that? He was afraid she was going to attack him? <laughs> <laughs> because that's something that happens when we're persistent in prayer. We go, we gain in confidence. Um, and that's something worth doing. And I feel like, um, you know, uh, when we pray together and we know that we've got support from one another, we know Lord, uh, the love of the Lord for each of us, we gain in confidence. And it's a great thing to come and be somebody who bothers God. I love bothering him and I love it that he loves it that I bother him. So keep bothering him, keep praying. Thanks. Thank you, Claire. Uh, there is an invitation with that to join the intercessory prayer team. Or if you would like prayer, they love coming out and praying with individuals in homes or in, in places and all that kind of thing. So speak to Claire or myself or Margie, Jenny and John are in that team. Elliot's joined recently. Um, Debbie, Grace as well, uh, and probably many others I've forgotten, but... I thought to finish up, what we would do is we would uh, go through the first um, day, day's prayer together. So this is what we will do at 6.30 tomorrow morning and at 8 p.m. tomorrow and for the rest of the week every day is we would go through this uh, prayer focus. And throughout the week, we are following the Lord's Prayer, praying into various things to to grow uh, and to to yeah, bring those requests and desires to God. And this first one just fits so well with what we've been talking about, uh, about intimacy with God and focusing on God our Father. Um, so if you have, uh, which not many of you would from last week, but uh, these um, booklets, I've, I've got it all here. I'll read, us, read it and we'll go through. There'll be a time where I'll, I'll ask uh, us to call out prayers as part of that. Uh, but let's um, focus. 
around our Father. The first step is pause. The prayer of approach. As I enter, as we enter prayer now, we pause to be still. To breathe deeply and slowly. To recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. Holy Spirit, come. Soften my heart, our hearts. Draw me near. step is rejoice and reflect. Take a moment to rejoice upon the reality that is the God of heaven, the God of unapproachable light, the God of glory, the God of all creation is also the one who invites us to call him Father. If anyone wants to call out a prayer of rejoicing, uh, please, please do that nice and loud. The next step is ask. Take a moment to bring your requests to God. Do so in a posture of intimacy, knowing that as a child brings their request before an earthly father, so we can bring our request before our heavenly father, who is good and always gives us what we need. So in the silence of our hearts and minds, let's ask God. Thank you. 
this, Lord, we do ask that you would show us what's next for this community. Give us your spirit of wisdom, of discernment. May we know your will so we can be obedient to it. And the last step is yield or to give over, to submit. As we prepare to take this time of prayer in the coming day, rest of the evening, we yield to God's will in the wonderful hope of Jesus' words in Matthew 7, verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Amen. Amen. So we'll do that every day this week. You've got, grab, grab a booklet. You can do that by yourself. You can do it in small groups or with someone. Do it at 6.30 or 8 p.m. with the team uh, as we give God our attention, as we persistently pray to Him because He is a good God. And as we finish up, let me, let me pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you that it's not the quality and quantity of our prayer that determines how you answer, but your character. And Lord, we do want to be a praying people uh, because you are good, because you deserve that of us. You desire our attention. You desire our affection. And so, Lord, help us establish good practices around prayer. Help us this week to spend the time even just a few minutes uh, praying, even if it's just reciting the Lord's Prayer every morning or taking the time to go through this with someone or by ourselves, 15 minutes, five minutes, but without any phones or screens or distractions or whatever it is, Lord, show us and lead us and help us to, to grow uh, in, in our prayer. Lord, we don't want just a prayer life. We want a prayerful life and uh, grow that in us. And we, wanted, we want that so we would know you more, see your character, see you work, see you bring justice to this world. And Lord, we, we pray that Jesus would return, that he would come back and, and establish himself as king over this world, that he would bring justice and make right all the injustice and all the wrongs that we've experienced or the wrongs we've we've perpetrated but all of it lord we pray jesus would return and once and for all set things right and lord we will keep praying that we've been praying that as a church for two thousand years we will keep praying it because that is what you promised and god you are a god who keeps your promises so we, lord we we pray, come Lord Jesus, bring justice on this world. Show us your glory. Show us your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.